Hey everyone, it's Jim. Just a quick programming note before we begin. This episode is the 25th episode of the show, and it also marks the conclusion of Season 1. We're going to take a break for a few weeks, but we'll be kicking off Season 2 at the beginning of October. In September, I'll be back every Monday with some short bonus episodes you won't want to miss. And then be sure to join us again as we launch Season 2 on Thursday, October 1st, which also happens to be the beginning of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And now, on with the show. It was 7 o'clock on a Friday evening before Jessica was finally able to leave work. While she loved her job, like any position, it did have its stressful moments and tight deadlines. Wanting to get home to begin her weekend, Jessica quickly threw all her items in her bag and headed for the subway. As she took a seat on the red line train, Jessica realized the side pocket where she normally kept her phone was unzipped. She pulled it open, and she saw all of the other items she usually kept there. Her credit card, some cash, her driver's license, and a few other personal items were all present. Her phone wasn't there, but she figured she probably just threw it in the main compartment with her laptop as she rushed out that evening. However, as you can probably guess, her phone was not in her bag. Jessica grabbed her laptop and signed in to Apple's Find My iPhone, where it showed that her phone was already eight miles away, headed north. Jessica knew she'd lose some photos she'd taken recently but hadn't uploaded anywhere, but that didn't concern her as she hit the button to remote wipe her phone. Jessica thought that would be the end of it, but she was wrong. Since she didn't have a password on her phone, the thieves were able to use it to get her phone number. Armed with that information, they went to Yahoo, had a text message sent to the phone, and then reset her email password. From there, they used her email account to reset passwords for a variety of other accounts, including Facebook and her online banking. Our phones have become central to managing our digital lives. Many people use phones or tablets almost exclusively in their personal lives now. But the amount of personal data we have on our mobile devices means that we must take great care in keeping those devices protected. So with that in mind, on today's show, we're going to discuss the topic, 10 Ways to Secure Your Mobile Devices. Helping you stay safe in a connected world. This is Cybersecurity Made Personal. Welcome back to the Cybersecurity Made Personal podcast, the safest podcast on the internet. I was a junior in high school when I got my first cell phone. Unlike the glorified mini-computers that we now refer to as phones, this device existed solely to make phone calls. At the risk of dating myself, I have to admit that internet access and even texting were still a few years away when I got my first phone. Now, the thought of a phone that can't text, browse the internet, or use apps seems antiquated. As I mentioned in the introduction, 
our phones have become central to managing our lives. My calendar, my emails, my project management solutions, and even my books are all accessed from my phone. You can also use your phone to make purchases, to play games, and to watch the latest cat videos on YouTube. In short, our phones now have the motto that American Express popularized in the 70s and 80s. Don't leave home without it. Because so much of our lives are now stored in a device that fits in our pocket, we must take care to make sure that all of those details stay safe. So here are 10 tips to keep the data on your phone safe from prying eyes. First, and probably most important, set up a lock on your device that requires a PIN, a password, or a biometric scan to access. This is the biggest step that you can take to protect your device. The easiest way for someone to get to the data on your phone is going to be to steal your phone. Your phone contains direct access to so much of your personal information. If someone gets your phone and there's no protection, that person will have access to anything that you can access with just a few taps. Think about all the things that you can open straight from your home screen without needing to enter any kind of password or PIN. Email, social media, browsing history, file storage, and on and on. It's also possible you might even allow some details of your online banking to be available without a password. While every app that I've seen will log you out automatically, many also offer an option to display your account balances without needing to sign in. If you've configured that and you don't have a password on your phone, the person who finds or steals your phone could see what bank accounts you have, where they're at, and how much money you have in them. Now, is all this possible? Certainly. Just think about all the people who have had their Facebook or Twitter accounts supposedly hacked by a spouse, usually to post messages expressing how wonderful and amazing the spouse is. While we look at that as funny, harmless play, it's symbolic of how vulnerable your information is on an unprotected phone. With the proper settings, even a four-digit PIN provides decent protection to keep people out of your apps. Obviously, I would always recommend a longer PIN, a password, or a fingerprint or face scan in order to make it even more difficult to access the data, but a four-digit PIN is going to be much better than having an unlocked phone. There's also additional ways to protect your mobile device in the event that it's lost or stolen. A second way to protect your phone is to configure it to wipe all data when necessary. There's two ways that this can be accomplished. First, you can have an automatic wipe that's triggered when the password is entered incorrectly multiple times in a row. If you're using a four-digit PIN, there's only 10,000 possible combinations. While it would certainly take a while to complete, it wouldn't be unreasonable for a determined attacker to attempt to enter all 10,000 combinations. However, if you have a setting that wipes your phone after 10 incorrect attempts, the person only gets those 10 guesses before your data is deleted. However, you do need to be careful with this setting. 
Someone could use this feature to maliciously delete everything from your phone if you accidentally set it down and leave it somewhere. I also know of someone whose toddler inadvertently triggered a wipe when he grabbed the phone from his sleeping father. And of course, there's also the possibility that the incorrect PIN entries could happen in your pocket. Instead of a pocket call, you could accidentally trigger a much worse pocket wipe. Second, you can also trigger a wipe automatically if you find that your phone has been stolen. This is accomplished through the Find My Device on Android or Find My iPhone on Apple. Once you have it set up so that you can locate your device, which is something else I recommend you do, you can also send a message to your device to automatically wipe it the next time the device is connected to the internet. Obviously, if your phone doesn't connect to the internet, it won't be wiped. But the lack of internet connectivity also means it's less likely that someone's been able to access it. Third, make sure your phone is encrypting all the data. On Apple devices, this is configured by default, although it's good to ensure that it hasn't been turned off. To verify, go to the Touch ID and Passcode section of the settings, scroll to the bottom, and make sure that it states, Data Protection is enabled. Almost all Android devices also have encryption as a default, but since each manufacturer can customize those default settings, you should check to ensure that the manufacturer hasn't shut it off. To do this, go to Security and Location in the Settings app and scroll down to the Encryption section. If someone gets your phone and attempts to copy all of the data from the phone's storage to another device, encryption will keep that person from being able to make any sense of the data. It's one additional protection that you can use to keep your data and your photos safe. However, protecting your phone and your tablet goes beyond just keeping the data safe from device theft. Your data can also be compromised while the device is in your possession. One way that this is accomplished is through the use of malicious apps. To ensure that you're using safe apps, only download apps from the official app stores, the Apple App Store on iOS or the Google Play Store on Android. On Apple devices, this is your only option unless you take steps to gain more control over your device a process known as jailbreaking. On Android devices, the Google Play Store should be the default option, but there are other app stores that you can use to download apps. While malicious apps do occasionally get listed on the official stores, both Google and Apple make a concerted effort to keep them out. When you use a third-party app store or download an app directly, you don't know if the store is giving you the legitimate app or a counterfeit malicious version. These malicious apps could steal your data or track everything that you're doing. Legitimate apps could still claim more permissions on your device than necessary. That brings us to the fifth item, limiting the permissions of your apps. The upcoming version of iOS is going to give Apple users even more awareness to what apps are doing in the background. As people have tested the beta version of iOS 14, one app was caught accessing the camera when the app wasn't even in use. 
The developers blame that on a bug in the app's code. Several more apps were caught accessing the clipboard or content being entered into other apps. One company also blamed this on a bug, while another said that it was using this data to detect spam. Even without the ability to see what an app is actually doing, you still have the ability to control an app's access on both Android and iOS. Don't give an app every permission that it requests. Only give it the permissions it needs to make the app work for you. Each person is going to use apps differently. A feature one person considers an essential and useful part of the app might be completely ignored by someone else. If the app requests permissions and you don't use the part of the app that needs those permissions, don't grant the app access. For example, personally, I cannot stand Facebook Messenger's calling feature. In my opinion, if I wanted someone to be able to make my phone ring, I would give that person my phone number. The fact that I haven't given that person my number likely means I don't want them to be able to call me. So for that reason, I've blocked the Messenger app from being able to access my microphone. If you do use the calling feature in Messenger, then enabling microphone access makes sense. But if you're like me, blocking microphone access is fine because I don't use that part of the app. The longer you keep your phone, you'll begin to build up apps and permissions on your device. And that brings us to number six. Check your phone for unneeded apps. If you have an app you no longer need, delete it from your phone. This eliminates any possibility that the app could be accessing data you don't want it to know. But beyond that, there's also the problem of vulnerable apps. Sometimes vulnerabilities are found that could allow someone to compromise your data through the app. If you have an app on your phone that you're not using, there's a decent possibility that it hasn't been updated in a while. If the app is vulnerable, it could be used maliciously. Deleting an app that you're no longer using eliminates that possibility of compromise through the app. And that brings us to number seven. Keep the software on your devices up to date. I understand why people may be hesitant to install updates right away. In fact, I'm among the people who tend to wait a few days or a week in order to avoid problematic updates. But the longer you wait to update, the longer there could be an opening for someone else to attack. Make sure to update both your operating system, which is either Android or iOS, and the apps that you've installed. Eight, be careful when you connect your devices to public Wi-Fi networks. Apps will connect and sync data in the background. For example, your email app will load new emails on a regular basis so that they're ready when you open the app. Project management apps, social media apps, travel apps, and even banking apps will all transmit some data in the background. When you connect to public Wi-Fi, that data is going to be sent over the public network. If it isn't sent in a safe manner, someone else nearby could read everything that's being sent without you even realizing it. We spent an entire episode talking about how to keep your information safe when you're connected to public Wi-Fi. If you want to listen to more, 
go back to episode 13 in your favorite podcast app, or visit the show notes page at cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash episode 25 for a link to that episode. If you want to keep your information even more secure, you can also log out of apps when you're finished with them. Every app that allows you to sign in should also allow you to sign out. Email, social media, travel sites, chat, and more will usually remain signed in for your convenience. If you care more about the security of the data than the convenience of keeping it easily accessible, sign out of the app when you're finished. Personally, I think signing out is overkill for most people. The most sensitive apps, like online banking, already sign you out automatically. And the others don't usually have data that's sensitive enough to matter. That's why I recommend using a combination of a PIN or a password in conjunction with an automatic wipe that deletes everything after 10 incorrect guesses. But if you're very concerned about your data, you can choose to keep your app signed out unless you're actively using them. And finally, number 10 is to back up the data on all your devices. I've never had my phone stolen, but I did wake up one morning to find that my phone had fallen off my nightstand and destroyed itself on a sharp metal corner of my bed frame. While everything was still there on my phone, I had no way to access anything on it. Fortunately, all of my information had been backed up. The data of many apps was already based in the cloud, but I still had photos, notes, and a few files that were stored on my phone. I got my replacement phone, signed into my account, and a little while later, I found my photos and notes had been downloaded again. If you don't have much data that you store on the device, you might not care about backing it up. But if you take photos or notes that are stored exclusively on the device, automatic backup can be set up easily for a very small charge. That's all for today. Thank you so much for all your support during this first season of the show. As I mentioned in the beginning, I'll be popping in with a few short bonus episodes over the next month, and we'll see you again with the first episode of Season 2 on October 1st. Until then, stay safe. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Cybersecurity Made Personal Podcast. For more information on today's topic and a transcription of this episode, check out the show notes page, which is linked in the description. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're there, we would also appreciate it if you could take the time to rate and review the show. It really does help us get noticed. Cybersecurity Made Personal is provided for educational purposes only. Please do not take any action on your computer, phone, or other device unless you fully understand what you are doing and the possible consequences. Visit cybersecuritymadepersonal.com slash disclaimer for more information. Cybersecurity Made Personal is a production of Personal Cybersecurity, LLC. I'm Jim Herman. Thanks for listening, and stay safe.